The following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. Now we're going to turn to the Bible, and uh, Naomi's going to bring us our reading. It's on uh, page 1175 in your Bibles, page 1175, Ephesians chapter 4, and after that, Ed is going to bring our talk to us. Thanks, Naomi. So Ephesians 4 from verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Terrific, Naomi. Thanks so much. Do keep Ephesians chapter 4 open, page 1175. Um, and we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at that. I wonder if I could uh, send out some of these as well. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Let me lead us in prayer and ask for God's help as we come to his word. Father, as we think about our life together as a church... Lord, we thank you so much that you have given us your word to equip us. And so, Lord, please now, by your spirit, might you do just that, so that we might be built up in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Now, I have to say, I love the local church, and I especially love this local church. I love St. Michael's. Uh, The local church, it is God's brilliant idea. Uh, Someone said the local church is the hope of the world. I think they're absolutely right. It is the best mission agency. Uh, The pastor and author, Christopher Ash, I've given this quote before, but it's such a good quote, says this about being part of a local church, belonging in a committed and relational way to an ordinary church may be the most significant thing you can do with your life. Why is the local church so important? Why is it so significant? Well, I think the book of Ephesians really helps us to see this. And we're just going to camp out a little bit in chapter 4. But I just want to begin by taking us to chapter 1. And... uh, The verse will come up on the screen, but you could flip back a page if you want to. And look at chapter 1, verse 10, because this gives God's massive cosmic picture of what he's doing in the world, in all history. And we're told this in verse 10, that when the times reach their fulfillment, he will bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That is God's cosmic plan, bringing together everything under Christ. 
And the letter of Ephesians goes on to show that the way in which he does this is through the local church. He does it through the church. And being our ninth birthday, this feels a good time just to reflect on our part, our small part, but significant part in this. And we're going to ask just two questions, two questions. Uh, First is this, what is God doing with the church? What is God doing with the church? And secondly, how is he doing it? What is God doing with the church? How is he doing it? First question, what is God doing with the church? Well, we've thought about this already. It begins with M. Uh, We looked at it in our church family focus. I'm sure you can fill the gap. He is maturing. He is maturing the church. Have a look at verse 12 with me. Uh, We read this. Um, I'm going to jump in from, from halfway through in verse 12. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The church is is a dynamic, an organic group of people. It involves growth. It involves change. It involves maturing. And the words around the word there, to become mature in verse 13, the the other um, ideas around it really help us to understand what it looks like, what it means to be matured as a church. And uh, the first bit we see there is at the beginning of verse 13. To be a church that's maturing is a church that is reaching unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God. That is what it means to mature, to reach unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. That's really to do with our confession as a church, what we believe. And maturing means that we grow in unity around what we believe, or more particularly, in who we believe. Our unity is found in Jesus Christ through our faith in him and our knowledge of him. Uh, Unity is is such a high value, rightly. But unity in and of itself, it's not a thing of itself. Unity is all about what you're united in. That is where unity is found. It's found in something. And for Christians and for the church, that is found in Jesus Christ. And the closer we are to him, the closer we are to one another. Think of it like this. You might have seen this illustration of a triangle where Jesus Christ at the top, you and me down in the corners, and the closer we are to Christ, the closer we are to one another. The closer we are in our understanding of who he is, in our knowledge of who he is, in our love for who he is, in our confession of all that he's done for us, the closer we are to him, the closer we are to one another. And that's what it looks like to grow in maturity as a church, is to grow in unity as we come closer to Jesus Christ, as we know him better. Now that's one way uh, that verse 13 helps us. At the end of verse 13, there's another way which speaks of maturity in this way, attaining to the whole measure 
of the fullness of Christ. You might think, well, what does that mean? Well, I think that's particularly to do with our character. If the first part of 13, verse 13 is about our confession, what we believe, the second part of the verse 13, though, is about our character. It means growing to be more like Jesus. Now, think of it like this. You know, if you, uh, beginning of year seven, if you, can you remember back to when you joined secondary school and maybe you got a blazer and the whole thing about getting a blazer in year seven is it's going to be a lot larger than you are at that time because it's something to grow into. Have you seen year sevens walking around uh, with their blazers? They're absolutely enormous and these tiny little people in them and the idea is over the years they're going to grow in to their blazer. Well I think that's the sort of idea going on here. As a church we're called to be like Jesus, and we're not there yet. Uh, that is true for us here at St. Michael's, it's true for us individually, it's true for the church worldwide. Uh, we have got growth to do. Uh, we're not there yet, we're not by a long way there yet, but we're on our way to being there. Uh, we won't reach there until this side of heaven. It'll be in the new creation that we reach that fullness of Christ. But that is the direction in which the church is heading. As the word Jesus' corporate body, the church, increasingly reflects and is like his personal body, Jesus himself. And it means that as a church, we need to take both our confession and our character really, really seriously. We want to grow in that. Uh, one thing we will be doing as um, in our home groups this week, we do it at the beginning of every year, is a spiritual health check. And uh, in our home groups this week coming up particularly, we're going to be uh, doing a spiritual health check alongside the fruit of the Spirit, seeing how we're doing alongside the fruit of the Spirit, because we want to take our character seriously. So that is what it means to mature. Actually, verse 14 uh, goes on to give us a little bit more of what it looks like to be a mature church, not just in our confession and our character. This sort of gives it from more the negative side. Verse 14, as we mature, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Uh, the immature church is a church that's just easily knocked around, pushed around. It's very vulnerable, actually, as a church. It's very vulnerable to wrong ideas, to false teaching, to the latest fads, to the latest theological trends. It's like a sort of boat which has no power and the sail is gone, and it's just bobbing around the ocean. And it's at the whims of the deep cultural waters which will just sort of push it around. That is the picture we're given here of an immature church. Uh, we had those big storms, didn't we, uh, not so long ago. Anything that wasn't properly pinned down went flying everywhere. That is the image of the immature church. The mature church is firmly anchored, has deep roots, and so is secure as the storms come. Verse 15 goes on to say, instead, 
Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So what is God doing with the church? He is maturing us. He is growing us. And we get a little hint there at the end of verse 16, how he does it. How does he do it? Each part does its work. So in answer to that question, the second question there, how is he doing it? He's doing it through every member. Through every member. Through each one of us here. Uh, Let's go back to the beginning of the passage we had read because that shows us how this all works. And we read this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It's a wonderful thing to recognise where this starts. It starts with God's gift. God gives us just what we need. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave. He gave. What did he give us? Well, in verse 11 we read, he gave us the apostles. Uh, That's particularly speaking in this context of the 12 apostles. Uh, Those who saw Jesus, who were with Jesus, uh, plus the apostle Paul who met the resurrected Jesus and were commissioned. And and their testimony is the foundation of the New Testament. He gave us the prophets. Now there's a little bit of ambiguity as to the prophets, exactly who that refers to. I think probably in the context again of Ephesians and uh, what Paul is saying here, that's really the Old Testament prophets, the foundation of the Old Testament. Those who spoke God's word authoritatively. He gave the apostles and the prophets. And he also gives the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. The evangelists, those who bring the gospel to people for the first time. Pastors and teachers, those who teach God's word. People like Simon and me and James and others. God gives us word ministers, is one way of putting it, to build the church. Now, there's a crucial misstep we can make here. This is sometimes how we read what is going on here. And this is really important for us to see as a church. We could think that it's all about the ministry of the word that matures the church. And it's a direct line. In other words, all we need is Um, a couple of people to sort of bang out a few sermons Sunday by Sunday and the church will grow. Is that what this says here? Have a look at verse uh, 12. In fact, I'll start again in verse 11 and see what is going on here. It's really exciting to see. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So do we see what's happening here? This is what's happening here instead. The ministry of the word equips the ministry of every member of the church so that the church is built up. 
and matures. The danger of the first one is that it can very easily lead to a sort of clericalism. That it's only about two or three people in a church and that's all you really need. That is not the New Testament understanding of church. The New Testament understanding of church is that every member is crucial to the growth and the maturing of the church. And so what happens here is uh, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers bring God's word, bring the gospel, and brings it into all our lives and equips us for works of service. Now, what are works of service? Well, there are so many different works of service. Uh, I could list you all sorts of things that the New New Testament comes up with. Thinking about it in terms of our own church life, what are the different works of service? Uh, Works of ministry, uh, that word service means. Actually, it also means works of worship. What are the different works of service that are going on here? Uh, As we gather, as we scatter as a church, when we're here on Sundays throughout the week, so many different areas. Uh, We have welcome, we have hospitality, we have all the teaching of our youth and children. We've got all our musicians, those who read and pray from the front, those who preach and teach, those who lead home groups, uh, those who are brilliant at administration and help administer the church, those who are brilliant at governance and part of the PCC or safeguarding, health and safety, finance, relief funds, uh, those who've been involved in the building project, fundraising, analyzing contracts, uh, those who do hospitality at home through the week, uh, those who give uh, financially, those who pray, uh, those who are involved in particular ministries like PASS or Insight, uh, those involved in uh, One Life, uh, those part of the care team. And then on top of all that, those are just sort of the sort of program things. And you would have, if you've been here at St. Michael for more than a few weeks, you would have heard me say and speak of the ministry of the pew. Just the chatting, the sharing life with one another. The most underestimated ministry in the church, just the ministry of turning up, just being here and encouraging one another. All of those things are works of service that every member is part of. And as we do that, the church is matured. It is built up. Three quick implications, and then we're just going to hear from uh, three people who are part of the church to hear a little bit about what they're involved in. Uh, Three quick implications of this for us. Uh, One, word ministry really matters. Word ministry really matters. That is what's going on here in verse 11. We need the ministry of the Bible, uh, what the apostles and the prophets have given us, brought to us by the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. It's the fuel that feeds church life, Sunday by Sunday, uh, midweek as we gather and study the Bible. In everything we do, we want to bring God's word into it. Uh, We want to be a church that's deeply committed to this word of life, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, to preaching the whole counsel of God. That is fundamental, that is foundational. Second, training really matters. We want to be a church that's equipping one another. And we want to be a church that's got a major commitment to training. 
Uh, it is worth knowing that on the staff team, for example, uh, of the seven ministry staff, uh, some are full-time, some are part-time, but over half are spending time on training courses, uh, studying at various colleges, or we'll hear a little bit from Lucy later about biblical counselling, uh, UK, uh, because we're deeply committed to training. Uh, that's one of the main functions and features and opportunities uh, that the staff have, but it's also something not absolutely not limited to those on the staff team. There are other people in our church family who are studying on training courses. And as a whole church, we want to be taking all opportunities to equip and encourage one another, in, whether that's our ministry training home group, whether that's through the discipleship school. Uh, we want to be equipping one another for works of service. Uh, ministry traineeships has been a really important part of the last nine years for us as a church. Quite a number of people have come through and done ministry traineeships. And maybe that's something you might like to consider doing. Uh, taking some time out, either full-time or part-time, uh, having the opportunity to give uh, time to growing in ministry. Uh, do come and speak to me if that's something you would be interested in. So for us as a church, word ministry really matters. Training really matters. And finally, we all really matter. We all really matter. There is no such thing as an insignificant member of a church. There is no such thing as an insignificant member of this church. Every part has a part to play. This metaphor, the body is such a powerful metaphor, isn't it? Because we need every part of our body. And every part of the body has a role to play. Whatever situation we're in in life, whatever we're able to do or give, we might feel, I just can't do much at the moment. Never underestimate how the Lord is using you and can be using you. Uh, all our lives look different. All our opportunities uh, look different. But we all need one another if we're to mature and to grow as a church, which means we all have a role to play. And that will look different uh, for all of us. It will look different in different seasons of life. But all the time, we all have a role to play. I just want to finish this uh, talk before we, we share uh, communion together by just hearing of a few uh, different people who are in different roles and in particular have... Um, uh, one or two have oversight of some roles and uh, opportunities to, to hear about how one might like to be involved. So uh, can I invite up all together uh, Linda and Matt and Lucy uh, to come on up uh, to the front. And we're just going to hear very quickly from uh, each of them about um, some of the things they're involved in. And uh, it's just wonderful to have a little insight of how this is going on in our church life all the time. Sometimes it's seen, sometimes it's not seen. But through this, uh, we're seeing uh, ourselves as a church grow. Um, so it would be lovely to, to hear. Um, Matt, it's great to have it. Just to, good to know you're cooking lunch uh, for us. It's not your normal uh, Sunday guard, but it does actually show how uh, hospitality is, is something you care about deeply. You oversee hospitality here at St. Michael's. Uh, tell us a little bit about why hospitality is important and uh, uh, what opportunities there are for that in sure. the church family. 
Yeah, so as, said, as Ed said, I head up the hospitality team here at St. Michael's, but also my catering business, primarily I cook meals for and help other local churches uh, with their hospitality. So hospitality is really important to me. I'm passionate about it. I think from my experience in doing that, I would say that hospitality is an incredible way for us to build and strengthen relationships with each other. I think the church would be so much poorer, our church would be so much poorer if we didn't spend time over coffee, didn't spend time around the dinner table together. Um, And I think particularly on a Sunday morning, we deliberately uh, have tea and coffee available from 10 o'clock and encourage each other to gather before the service even starts because I think that way it feels like we're already together and when we come to worship, when the service starts, we're worshipping truly together. We're not just walking in as individuals and sitting down. And so it really helps us to gather and to get to know each other. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's been a big feature of our church life all, all the way through uh, hospitality and yeah. exactly things like meeting beforehand. Um, tell us, uh, how can people be involved? Uh, many are involved already in hospitality, yeah. uh, but there are other opportunities to be involved in this whole side of church life. How, how can people get Yeah, um, primarily the hospitality team. You'll see us every week serving tea and coffee. Um, But I guess it's not just about the tea and coffee, it's about being um, a welcomer. Um, I think the hospitality and the welcome teams are really closely linked, and it's all about creating a welcoming, hospitable relationship for people as they're coming in. Um, And so, yeah, getting involved on the Sunday morning hospitality team uh, is one way. I also would love, um, and this is a new thing, I'd love to develop a kind of a, a catering wing to the hospitality team. It doesn't need to be me that cooks every time we have a meal together as a church. And I'd love for some other people to get involved, either with me or instead of me, or helping to serve, or helping to set up tables, do the washing up. So it'd be great if we could start to build a, a formal team around those things as well. So, um, yeah, come and talk to me, I think is the best way. We also have a hospitality and welcome combined team lunch on the 4th of February. So if you're interested, that would be another brilliant time to come along and hear about what the teams are doing. Matt, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, hand on the mic to, to Linda. Um, Linda, it would be lovely to hear about what you're involved in. You're particularly involved in the youth and children's team and especially Sunday Club Junior. You do amazing work there. Uh, tell us, what, what do you get up to um, and, and why do you do it? So I'm involved with Sunday Club Junior, as Ed says. Sunday Club Junior is the group, if you look around now, you can actually see the kids pressed up against the glass. Um, but that's where I spend quite a few Sunday mornings. That's our group for our four to seven-year-olds. And typically we have 14 or 15 kids up there every Sunday morning and three leaders then um, running the group. So whenever I run the group, um, I'm always thinking about what games are we going to play that week? Um, how are we going to learn the memory verse? Because we learn a memory verse. Um, reminding myself what the actions for the song are so that the kids don't laugh at me when I get up to do it with them. Um, and cutting out lots of things for craft. Um, but the most important part for me is um, opening the Bible and preparing a Bible story for the kids every single week. And thinking about how to do that in an age-appropriate and relevant way for them. And also giving them some practical application that they can take forward into the week for themselves. And the reason I do it is it's a real joy to point kids to Jesus and to open his word with them. I'm really passionate about the children understanding that God speaks to us through the Bible and that he wants to speak to them through the Bible as well. 
I want them to understand that. I also want them to know that um, God made them. He loves them more than they could ever imagine and that he wants them to have a personal relationship with them. So that's why I do Sunday Club Junior. That's amazing, Linda. It's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. Um, and uh, we're seeing great, great fruit from that. And we're so thankful for all the youth and children's uh, team do. Thank you so much. Uh, Lucy, tell us about um, Biblical Counseling UK because um, one of the ways in which we can be encouraging one another and building one another up is uh, we haven't really spent time on it. We'll spend time more on it this evening. But speaking the truth in love with one another. And that's in a sort of informal way. And uh, you've been particularly doing a course which has been helping you think about that. Tell us about Biblical Counselling UK that you're doing. So I guess, um, yeah, like you were saying this morning, we come to church every Sunday and um, spend time throughout the week with different people within our church family. And we're all having conversations. We're all uh, trying to love one another really well and uh, trying to point each other to Jesus. And... Uh, yeah, so that's basically what um, biblical counselling is. It's less formal than it sounds. It's not necessarily a sort of Christian form of counselling. It's more, um, yeah, about how we can kind of walk alongside one another in the struggles of life well. And Biblical Counselling UK is an organisation that seeks to equip people and train people to do that really well. Um, and so I've been doing the certificate course, which is sort of um, a longer term kind of form of training that they run. But they also do other kind of shorter uh, courses, um, just equipping uh, just all of us normal church members um, to, yeah, to, to love people well, um, but also to try and uh, yes, yeah, speak the truth of the Bible into their lives. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, do speak to, to, to Lucy because um, it's something that I think people do. Anyone can get access to it, um, as Lucy says, and it's really transformative, um, uh, both in terms of how we can minister to others, but also for our own lives uh, as well. Um, fantastic. Uh, thank you all so much. Matt, you need to get back in the kitchen um, and uh, stay for lunch. Um, thank you. Give these guys a round of applause. Um, thank you so much. So as a church, as a church, how do we grow? How do we mature? Well, we grow and mature as each part does its work. Each part equipped by God's word. Uh, that's been the story of St. Michael's over these past uh, nine years, uh, and we pray that it will continue to be our story for many years to come. Uh, we each have a part to play. And just as we finish, three ways in which we're going to respond uh, together now. Uh, one is that uh, you might like to uh, have a look at one of these uh, slips of paper, which is around you, and uh, on the back, uh, you can, of course, go and speak to Matt or whoever's involved in different ministry areas. Uh, but there are all sorts of different areas you might like to get involved. Uh, and uh, probably the easiest way to sign up to hear more about what it would be part, look like to be part of the welcome team or the youth and children's team is to uh, tick uh, the box, fill in your name on this slip of paper and put it in the black box at the back. And uh, the team leader uh, will be in touch with you on that. Sunday by Sunday... Um, about, we need about 50 different roles filled uh, Sunday by Sunday. 
in order to run all the different uh, things that we're, we're doing. Um, so uh, if you'd like to be involved in that, that that's the way to do that. Uh, second, um, on the handout, I've put a thing called coffee time question. And this is a way of um, encouraging us in our conversation with one another uh, after the service over tea and coffee. Now, it's great to talk about the football and the weather and how the start of term's going and how work is and all the rest of it. Uh, but it's also good to go deeper as well. And the idea of the coffee time question is just to sort of give us a question to chat with someone about, if you want to, um, and uh, to enable us to, to think a little bit more on what we've been uh, hearing um, uh, that Sunday. And particularly today, uh, we're thinking about this. Uh, what part would you like to play? Um, and uh, what part are you already playing, which you will be in so many different ways, uh, both informal and, and formal? And just great to hear uh, from one another on that. And the third way we're going to respond now is, is by sharing uh, bread and wine together. It's a wonderful expression of our unity, uh, a unity found in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to hand straight over uh, to Simon as we come to share uh, bread and wine together. Simon. Simon.